Hi, this is Daphne from Tacoma Park, Maryland. Dusted is a story wonk podcast. To show your support and for exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash storywonk. Thanks. everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Alistair Stevens. And I'm Lonnie Diane Rich, and this is Dusted, your Keeping the Faith Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. Nice. Mm-hmm. This week on the show, 5x5 five five and Sanctuary, the 18th and 19th episodes of the first season of Angel. This is all the Dusted you're going to get this week, but honestly, this should be enough for anyone. There's a lot to talk about as Faith arrives in Los Angeles. Lonnie, set the stage for us. Tell us a little about these episodes. All right. Well, 5 by 5 aired on April 25th of the year 2000, uh, written by a guy named Jim Koof, who has kind of been around a little bit in Hollywood. A little bit. Yeah. He wrote uh, Rush Hour. He wrote National Treasure. Surprisingly um, well-written movies. Yes. National Treasure movies. Yeah, no, they really are. And he also wrote this movie that nobody else in the world has seen, but I I saw it's class it had rob lowe and andrew mccarthy in it and uh and he, andrew mccarthy slept with rob lowe's mom and it was crazy uh but i remember seeing that movie I, because of the age that i was when that movie came out like i watched it a thousand times it was like one of those things where you have a vcr and you have one movie you sure. know and class was like the one movie i had that in trading places so i've seen those like a thousand times we so should it was do really some kind of neat. yeah we should do some series about 80 sex comedies because that feels like a genre that died entirely. I think it would be a nice discussion for the light bulb. We may move it on over there. Jim Koof, of course, also mm-hmm. co-created Grimm, yes, the long-running and David extremely mm-hmm. successful series. Yes, alongside David Greenwald. So he has credentials and he does great work. He has with serious this street cred. Yeah, for somebody who comes in, this is the first of only three episodes that he will write for Angel. Hasn't been on Buffy. Hasn't done anything else with you know the Whedon verse or anything. Comes in really has a command of the characters mm-hmm. and the and the dialogue. I mean, really well done for somebody who's just kind of come in and done this. So, Absolutely. Yeah. This episode also directed by fan favorite, by mm-hmm. our favorite, Mr. James A. Contner, and it looks great. Yeah. I mean, we're a little faster and more ragged on the cuts, and we're doing something new within the Buffyverse, which is we're hitting a new high for sleazy. Mm-hmm. It feels more noir now than it ever has. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's it's a crazy dark vision of Los Angeles. I really like it, and it's absolutely appropriate for this story. Let's talk about Sanctuary 2. Well, Sanctuary aired a week later on the 2nd of May. Uh, this is written by Joss Whedon and Tim Minear. Joss, obviously, mm-hmm. knowing the world, knowing the characters <laughs> really well. And Tim Minear, who this is his fifth of 18 episodes that he's going to write for Angel. Um, and he is just digging right in there doing some really good and interesting work. So the two of them working together, I think Sanctuary, if you look at the two of them together, Sanctuary is the stronger of the two, but that's fairly typical with these two-part episodes. Yes, it certainly has to do a lot less of the heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. We kind of get to the point by the time we hit Sanctuary, Mm -hmm. which is a good thing. This arguably is another classic example of the Buffyverse two-parter mm-hmm. that could be one fantastic barn burner of a one-part episode. Yes, it could. <laughs> it's somewhat stretched. It's somewhat padded. Yeah. And certainly you're right. As we've seen so often in Becoming 1 and 2, in mm-hmm. Surprise and Innocence, in Graduation Day 1 and 2, we see the first half getting the thankless task 
of setting the stage yes. and in the back half, <laughs> really managing to deliver on, mm-hmm. on all of that potential. That's absolutely true in this instance, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It was also directed by Michael Lang, who uh, this is his first of two episodes that he's going to do for Angel. He does Sanctuary, and then later on in the year, he does Judgment. Um, but he directed four episodes of Buffy. He directed Surprise, Band Candy, Bad Girls, and Pangs. So we've seen him around a bit. <laughs> that is a cross-section of... A very specific kind of Buffy. Yes, it is. That's that's the <laughs> angsty side of Buffy. <laughs> it's got a little and bit of angst. Candy. Sure, I think that he's a good choice for, <laughs> for Sanctuary, which is just chock full of angst. Let's get into it, because goodness knows there's a lot of it into which we must get. Previously on Angel and Buffy, we get Dennis the Ghost, we get Wolfram and Hart, we get Faith and Wesley, Faith and Buffy, Faith and Angel, the Watcher's Council, and finally Faith on the Run. I have a feeling this might be a faith-heavy episode. It's entirely possible we could be looking at 45 minutes of just faith being crazy. On the mean streets of Los Angeles, a gang kid finds a group of demons hanging out by his favorite barrel fire. He (laughs) runs, the demons give chase, then Angel and Wesley appear on the scene, kill the demons, and rescue the kid. We cut from there to the bus station, where a familiar pair of boots hits the streets of the City of Angels. Faith is immediately accosted by a hustler, a pimp. I'm not sure what this guy's deal Somebody is. Somebody who I think is not a great dude. You're right. Nothing good here. Your spider exactly. sense is tingling <laughs> right from the jump here. Faith beats him, takes his wallet, takes his keys, and even takes the coat off his back. And we cut to credits. A bold start for mm-hmm. a two-part episode. Perhaps I missed something, but does it feel like we're investing a little too heavily in the cold open, in the coolness of this chase scene fight scene demon slaughtering scene sure and it's one of these things too where we're investing really deeply in this you know gang kid who we will see for the next 10 minutes and then we'll have absolutely no importance whatsoever you know yeah we're using this as a means of applying leverage to wolfram and hart yeah and thereby motivating the rest of the episode right we're we're trying to motivate wolfram and hart because angel provides the witness that that they couldn't have you know um so because he has this witness he's ruined their case and now they want to kill him as yeah. if they didn't want to super kill him before that. So I'm not sure you need to <laughs> no, motivate Wolfram and Hart to take really do. a hit on somebody. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's a very effective set piece. Mm-hmm. There's that great moment with the arm yeah. about which I shall say no more lest I just you know freak <laughs> you out right here in our recording studio. It's, it's a gross effect and yeah. a very powerful one. Mm-hmm. Then we have a car chase, something we do pretty rarely yes. in Buffy mm-hmm. the Vampire Slayer. And we have the final accosting and the spray of goo, of, of icor. Wesley always across. gets the demon goo in the face, yeah. you know? I mean, that doesn't seem very fair. Pretty much the least troubling thing that's going to happen to Wesley over the course of these two episodes, though. Uh, You know, fair enough, yeah. <laughs> After the credits, because God knows this story doesn't have enough material, we cut to Romania in 1898, where Darla is leading a blindfolded angel through a house to his present, a young gypsy woman bound and gagged in front of the fire. They kiss, and Angelus approaches the helpless girl, lifting her skirts and vamping out before biting her thigh. I have a feeling that this is not going to end well. Yeah, that might be significant. (laughs) Maybe. With a hard cut, we're suddenly back in L.A. Angel interrogates the gang kid in his office, while outside, Cordelia complains to a sleepy Wesley that their plan, to convince the kid to testify, is never going to work. Wesley believes in the innate goodness of the soul, maybe write that down somewhere for future (laughs) reference, and is convinced that the kid will come around, though it doesn't look promising so far. 
We cut from there to Faith dancing in a club, cutting in on a couple, starting a fight, and generally just being an awfully bad girl indeed. (laughs) In a courtroom, Lindsay from Wolfram and Hart is in the middle of having his case thrown out when Angel arrives with the witness. Lindsay is unimpressed. Sometime later, he takes a phone call from his boss in which he apologizes and takes responsibility for Angel's involvement. It turns out that Lee Mercer, the lawyer from Sense and Sensitivity, has a possible solution. Later, he talks with Lila, who has heard of his ingenious Slayer-related master plan and has the missing piece of the puzzle, knowledge of Faith's location. I'm not entirely clear what Lee planned to do without that piece of the puzzle. (laughs) There isn't actually much of a puzzle, if you don't know that one important piece of information. Lila decides that she's the one who is going to make contact with Faith because Lee has no people skills. And Lila has one, one people skill. Evil and manipulative. She has two. Two. No, you're right. <laughs> two you're people right. skills. I'm not sure evil is a people skill. Manipulative, <laughs> certainly. Manipulative and bad at getting Angel to join her team in the ring. Sure, sure. Two people skills. <laughs> I'll go that far and no further. So we're urgently setting up this episode, and it really does feel frenetic. Mm-hmm. We have faster cuts. We have shorter scenes. We have a much stronger noir tone Mm -hmm. this is a dark vision of los angeles well and we're also intercutting going back in time to tell the story of angel and this gypsy girl which by the way is a story we've heard enough and i'm not sure we get anything in the flashbacks that we didn't get just from our general understanding of that background i very much like the actual reveal of Angel coming into possession of his soul. I mm-hmm. like the scene when Darla returns and yeah. he is a changed man. I like mm-hmm. that scene very much, but I like it as a Buffy nerd. It is really difficult to defend its presence in this episode. Yeah. And when you talk about padding, mm-hmm. this is the most conspicuous example of that. This is the kind of, of thing that. that could go. I think that it's it's important in that it helps us understand why it is so important to Angel to save Faith. But I think that if you've been invested in Buffy and Angel enough up to this point to get this far... Um, I I don't think that this is going to be your first episode of Angel. Because we don't (laughs) explain many important and pertinent facts. We don't explain why the one girl in all the world who was destined to be the Slayer has a counterpart. Mm -hmm. We don't explain that whole part of the backstory. We don't even really explain. And it's difficult sometimes to be aware and attentive of this because Mm -hmm. we watch this show so carefully and we know these details so well. Mm -hmm. We don't really explain what happened back in Sunnydale. Mm Mm-hmm. We don't at any point make it clear that Faith switched bodies with Buffy. Get a real sense of what exactly it was that she did. Right. You know? um, we so do if get, we're yeah. relying on this accumulated knowledge, if we're relying on our viewers being into the Buffyverse and familiar with its mechanics, the first thing you know about Angel yeah, is that exactly. he's the vampire with the soul. And that he suffers and that he broods and we already have all of that. I mean, I think that the purpose of these, you know, visits to the past in Romania is not so much about information as it is about motivation, that we are we need to understand Angel's motivation to save Faith. But we see that in him every week. We know who Angel is. Um, and I'm not sure that we need that explanation. The scenes themselves, well-written, Really nice. Not sure that they have a place. I mean, again, if you're talking about how great, how fantastic this all would have been compressed into one episode, this is the stuff that could go. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Cordelia deals with a phone call from someone looking for assistance with a divorce case as Angel and Wesley return home from a successful day in court. Angel is pleased, maybe? 
Well, let's settle for inscrutable. He's inscrutable about how things have worked out, but they're already anticipating the response from Wolfram and Hart. Outside a club downtown, Lila talks with Faith. Faith is edgy, as you'd expect, but when Lee pulls up in a limousine, she finally agrees to listen. But not before telling Lila that she likes black, as though the Hot Topic Ensemble wasn't enough of a clue. I like this scene in some ways. Mm Mm-hmm. In other ways, I really don't like how muddied some of the storytelling is here. One of the big problems is that we're frantically intercutting, but one of the things that we're cutting between is day and night. Mm -hmm. And I'm not at all clear how many days have passed in the story at this point. Yeah. Because Faith arrives and she's taken out of the club by Lila, but that's clearly not the same club that she was dancing in before. So now another whole day must have passed. I thought it was, but I guess maybe it wasn't. But if we're seeing it in chronological order, presumably this wasn't a rare, you know, midnight matinee at the court. Exactly. Where Angel shows up with the kid. Though that might explain how Angel managed to show up with the kid. Yeah, yeah. Unless Angel escorted him through the sewer to avoid the tyranny of the sun. Which is what I guess he must have done. I mean, he's showing up everywhere in the daytime. He is just running around. They must have, like, incredible mass transit for your anti-sun crowd in Los Angeles. So then we get this beat where Lila apparently manages to lure Faith out of the club Mm -hmm. while dressed in her Murphy Brown from 1988 shoulder pads power suit. Okay, I love the power suit. I love Lila. It is about (laughs) 10 years out of date, but that's fine. It is, and I love it. She leads Faith out of the club dressed as she is without apparently telling Faith anything because once they're outside, Faith is astonished that Lila knows her name. Mm -hmm. Then the limo pulls up and Lee, of all people, gets the killer line. Mm-hmm. He Very gets true. the entrance, which is kind of the opposite of what Lila told him earlier. Yes, Lila said you can ride in the limousine. Right. you know, And then he ends up being the one that gets to draw Faith in. So, I don't know, I figure Lila's playing some political points that she needs Lee to keep him happy or whatever, for whatever reason, who knows. We're going to bounce around this through the rest of the episode. Is there any argument for having Lindsay, Lila, and Lee all present in the story? Uh, no, and there's also no excuse for naming all three of these characters with the same initial. Well, that's kind of a beat. At least they're doing it on purpose, and it's conspicuous Are they doing enough. it on purpose? Sure, they're all initialed LM. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it has to be on purpose, doesn't it? I guess, I don't remember why? it coming to fruition. To I don't remember it being explained at any be? point. But it, yeah. I don't know, it is kind of eerie. There is an otherworldly quality to Wolfram and Hart that is in stark juxtaposition to the banality of the corporate lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the depth there, but this story just feels too crowded. It's moving way too fast. There's so much stuff happening. We're hard cutting through all of these spaces so quickly. Mm. And uh, yeah, and it feels a little frenetic. It feels a little wild and loose, and it's kind of hard to keep track and of all the different things that are flying around in here. There's nothing that they give Thomas Burr to do, that's Lee, mm-hmm. that I wouldn't rather have Christian Kane do. <laughs> well, I think that's generally going to be true, yeah. Yeah, in this show and in basically every show. <laughs> Back in Romania, Darla arrives home and calls out to Angelus, who is cowering in a corner. He's talking about his past victims, desperate and disoriented. They've been doing this for 140 years, and Angelus is losing his grip. He clings to Darla, and that is the detail that really elevates this scene for me. The way that he, first of all, rejects her and then holds on to her. Mm -hmm. It 
implies something very profound about the nature of their relationship and about the depth of their relationship. I like it a great deal. Yeah, they're not just monsters cutting a swath through Europe because they happen to, you know, be doing it at the same time. Like there is a really deep and profound connection between Angel and Darla. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. so. The gypsies have cursed Angel, returned his soul and... Yeah, we know this part of the story. Darla smashes a chair and attacks him with a stake, forcing him out of the building into the night. It is powerful stuff, but as we said, not strictly necessary. Yeah. Later, Faith meets with our favorite identically initialed lawyers. They have an offer she can't refuse. They know a lot about Faith, but apparently haven't put the two of Faith's time in Sunnydale in relationship with Buffy together with the two of Angel's time in Sunnydale in relationship with Buffy (laughs) to make the four of Faith's desire to dust our vampire hero. (laughs) How can they know so much about Faith, so much about her history, so much about Angel's history, and not figure out that these two people know each other? Because they were palling around for the better part of a season. (laughs) And yet, apparently, it never came up. Mm -hmm. The next day, Cordelia leads Angel and Wesley to the meeting with the potential client. They talk about the details, but Angel zones out and turns just in time to catch the bolt from a crossbow. Faith runs and the team returns to the office, where Angel calls Giles, sadly off screen, (laughs) and learns the truth. Wesley is upset, but Angel remains goal-oriented. Cordelia will look into all the common indications of a faith infestation like beatings and murders, and she and Wesley will lay low. It is, after all, partly Wesley's fault that Faith has so much trouble trusting people. It's a pretty great scene. It is a really good scene. The stuff where Angel and Cordy and Wesley are all working together, um, really, really nice. I love the way they're talking to each other. I love the dialogue that they have. This back and forth with Angel and Wesley, with Wesley arguing for saving Faith and Angel arguing for getting rid of Faith because Faith has done something terrible to Buffy, which he hasn't exactly shared. But he's, you know, pissed. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting to see how stalwart Wesley is at this point and how shaken Angel is. Yeah. Both by the assault on his life, his <laughs> afterlife, I guess, his unlife, whatever he has, but also the news that something terrible and indeterminate has happened to Buffy. Yeah. I like that a great deal. And certainly the chemistry between our three primary players in this mm-hmm. story has maybe never been better. Yeah. And I love Cordy in this too. Yeah. We're not playing stupid Cordy at all during We're these two episodes, which I not. love. No, it's great to see mm-hmm. her this capable and this proactive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that ultimately the meeting with the divorce client doesn't yes. come to anything, <laughs> that it's only an excuse to get them out into a public yeah. place. Mm-hmm. And perhaps, yes, we have to question if it was a setup, mm-hmm. if that's why Angel was exactly where Faith expected him to be. True, true. Mm-hmm. That perhaps speaks less well of Cordelia's, I don't know, innate street smarts, if not active intelligence. Well, I mean, you know, you have a business, a client calls, you follow up, you know, I mean, that's just how it goes. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that it really says anything bad about Cordy. Um, But I like the idea. I, I, you know, in my little headcanon, they've got this nice divorce client and Cordy takes care of it while she's on vacation. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And keeps the money for herself. (laughs) And keeps the money for herself. Sure. Yes. Because if you assume that this was a setup, you would play to Angel's strengths. Mm -hmm. You would have someone call who was vulnerable and in trouble and Mm -hmm. beset by demons and needed Angel's very specific assistance. Exactly. As it is, the call isn't really Angel's bailiwick. Exactly. It's just that somebody who can pay and Cordy wants to go. So I say it's a real client. 
I, I like that idea. In that case, it's all the more unfortunate that we don't get to see exactly. Angel just investigating a completely mundane divorce. divorce case. That would be awesome. So we do get here these lines drawn very clearly that Wesley is all in favor of redeeming mm-hmm. faith, of, of something, of, of trying to reach out to her in some way, whereas Angel has a much starker approach. Mm-hmm. Later, Angel prowls around the apartment and the office, finally discovering Faith upstairs, standing safely in the daylight. She pulls out a gun and throws it to Angel, taunting him with this one single chance, and without hesitation he fires, though not, importantly, with the intent to kill. She urges him to kill her, to do the deed, then shoots him, revealing that the second shot wasn't a blank. That shows some confidence. It seems like Angel's life is one thing, but his soul is another, and Faith wants both. She then leaves by crashing through the window, rather than using the adjacent door, because Faith is composed of 10% fury, 10% eye makeup, and 80% drama. (laughs) I was thinking the exact same thing when I watched this. I was like, there's a perfectly good door right there. No one's blocking it. Why do we have to jump out the window? You can smash through it if you like. It's okay. But why the window? Why the window? And Wolfram and Hart, I actually had to rewind that scene just a couple of times to watch it (laughs) because it's followed by this really hard cut. Uh And if you're not paying close attention, it may not be entirely clear that she leaps through the window for no good reason, (laughs) but there it is. At Wolfram and Hart, Angel walks right in. Corporate speaks his way past someone who is apparently very fixated on his job, then makes his way into Lindsay's office. We talk about giving David Boreanaz opportunities to play comedy. Yes. This is delightful. Oh, my God. When he improvises his way through that um, conversation with this guy, you know. And, of course, it's all for this moment where we think Angel's going to be caught. And the guy's like, no, you were in that meeting, you know. Um, It was really, really fun. I don't know that it needed to go on that long, but I enjoyed every minute of it. Well, if we're going to cut things because they don't need to be in the episode... Mm kind of need to look at this whole misadventure yeah yeah mm-hmm. this entire sequence could be cut breaking it into wolfram and heart there's not really anything. any narrative significance to it i love it i think it's really well, well written and very fun but what is angel trying to accomplish is he trying to get information on faith by going to wolfram and heart because he can't he really knows more about them. faith than they do <laughs> he can't expect them to have a dossier on faith's current whereabouts just sitting just sitting on the desk in Lindsay's office. office yeah i don't know no i kind of think he was there my impression of this scene is that he went there he's looking through stuff while he's waiting but he's there to let Lindsay know that he knows that he's you know not afraid of them but he already knows that Lindsay knows I guess. We, we just want to have another standoff that because, Christian Kane can smirk his way through. Because and it is Angel great. and Lindsay in a room together is just magic. I love it. They should just make out. It's an- <laughs> I agree entirely. Because that's the kind of chemistry that you can't deny. Exactly. But if we're looking at things that could be cut in order to trim this down to a single incredibly good episode. Right. Instead of two really quite good episodes. Yeah. This is another scene that you would have to look at. With, You'd have with to cut it. Eye. It has no narrative weight. It has no purpose. It doesn't make any sense. But it is so good. It's so much fun. So in Lindsay's office, Angel goes through his desk, but he only has a moment before Lindsay shows up and he's brought his smirk with him. Angel asks him about faith, but Lindsay bluffs. They reminisce about Angel throwing people through windows. Then Lindsay tells him that Wolfram and Hart invested in some high-grade anti-vampire protection. This entire encounter, in fact, is being recorded, which might be our first indication that vampires can be resolved on film. 
Yeah. Have we had photographs of vampires or film of vampires up until now? I don't think so. Mostly it's been drawings, but yeah. Usually a part of vampire lore, an Uh extension of their, you know, inability to be resolved by a mirror, for example, Mm -hmm. is the fact that they don't appear on film. Right. Well, they don't appear on film, but maybe videotape. Well, minor, minor spoilers from much later. They (laughs) are resolved all the time. We, we, yeah, we have it all the time. (laughs) Angel leaves the scene by telling Lindsay, and this, I I love this line. I love the precision of this line. Angel says, it's good to see you again, Lindsay. We'll do this real soon. Mm -hmm. The we'll do this, not we'll do this again. Yeah. We'll do this real soon. The the acknowledgement of the tension between them. Mm -hmm. And now, of course, I can only think of it in terms of sexual sexual tension. tension. Thank (laughs) you for that, I suppose. (laughs) The acknowledgement of this conflict Mm -hmm. is beautifully done and the precision of that line it really works for me but i love the moment when angel's leaving and Lindsay says just when i think i got you figured out you come in wearing a suit and there's something so (laughs) there's this wonderful dance between these two characters that i just love there may be no scene in all of buffy and angel that i like this much but is this inessential yeah no this is the problem and this is the thing when you when you talk about what is narratively important in a story the stuff that you cut is not necessarily poorly written it can be fantastic (laughs) like this it's just that it doesn't carry narrative weight it's not carrying its own weight in the story and if you're talking about cutting this down which seriously there's a really good argument to make this into one barnstormer episode that would have to go. Yeah. yeah. At Cordelia's place, she and Wesley are going through police records, which indicate that Faith is nearby. Dennis slams the door twice, preventing them from coming in. Once they are inside, though, Wesley goes to call Angel while Cordelia goes to pack. But Faith has decided to bring the fight to Angel's friends. Wesley tells her that he believes in her, but she knocks Cordelia down with a vicious elbow. Without missing a beat, Wesley punches her full in the face, and Faith and I... I'm impressed. (laughs) It's a really good scene. We talked about how much we like Wesley, how much we like Cordelia in both of these episodes. It's powerful. It's visceral. It is maybe foregrounded a little bit. Mm -hmm. Dennis slamming the door closed twice is maybe a little too much Mm -hmm. because it's clear by that point that something here is very, very wrong. And we get the acknowledgement later that it was Cordelia's idea to go back to her house Mm -hmm. so that she could gather a few things. Yeah. Wesley has, has let the side down here somewhat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He should have insisted that that they not return Mm -hmm. to her home. But here we are and it is a great scene and Wesley just hauling off and punching Faith. No, it's good. It's a big moment. It's good, yeah. We cut from there back to Romania where a lost looking angel stumbles along the street. He approaches some wealthy travelers telling them that he's hungry. He rejects their money and vamps out. The men bear him into an alley and beat him but he emerges alone, grabs the woman and pins her to the wall feeding from her. Angel arrives at Cordelia's back in the present and finds her shaken but alive. Faith has taken Wesley, as we discover when we cut to her. Wesley is bloodied and beaten, gagged and bound, and Faith promises more torture. But when he has the chance, he tells her that he was her watcher and that he's unbroken. That's the moment when we see the swing, I think, Mm -hmm. in Wesley. Yeah. It's nicely done. It is really nicely done. Wesley has serious edge in this moment. Oh, yeah. And you see, for a guy that we have played up as being kind of like this goofy sidekick, when everything is serious, he gets serious. And oh, I like and that. 
is even his finest moment. Mm -hmm. Angel and Cordelia go over their notes and track Faith's location. We cut to the apartment where Faith looks out at the dark city and drops a bloodied piece of glass to the street below. Inside, Wesley is somehow still conscious. Faith monologues about their shared past and Wesley's failure as her watcher. She tells Wesley she's going to make him scream. He tells her that he never will. And Angel bursts through the door, which implies something desperately unfortunate about the poor (laughs) pimp slash hustler. Who was, you know, a a little while ago still in the hospital. Well, and we find out in the next episode that Mm -hmm. he actually survived the ordeal, that Mm -hmm. he remains in the hospital. We Mm -hmm. find that out when Kate is investigating the crime scene. Right. Mm -hmm. So the exact mechanics of how Angel got into this apartment. I guess Faith took over ownership as far as like the mystical elements and energies that call something home if she has been living there for a few days maybe she took over if not legal ownership then like mystical ownership right but also but she didn't, didn't invite, invite him, him in. in no true no you're right it's not it's not good it's it's <laughs> a little bit of a loophole yeah it is but it's almost worth it the mm-hmm. ferocity with which he comes through the door it's oh, really sure. pretty good mm-hmm Back in Romania, Angel stumbles away from the woman in the alley, unable to bite her. She watches him leave, and we cut back to the apartment where Faith is ready to throw down. Angel points out the flaw in her rationalization, and that she's working for a pittance. But Faith is still young, even if she doesn't feel it. Wesley throws himself backward, and Angel attacks, he and Faith tearing apart the apartment. Faith is losing the last ounce of restraint she has, and finally Angel tackles her, carrying her out through the window to the street below. Wesley saws at his bonds, freeing himself. As they fight in the alley below, drenched in the rain, Faith screams that she's evil, that she's bad, and finally the rage leaves her, and she begs for Angel to kill her. Wesley looks on as Angel and Faith collapse together on the street, and the knife falls to the ground as we fade out to the credits. Powerful stuff. Oh my god, this is an amazing scene. The fight scene in the first instance Mm -hmm. is striking. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of fight scenes. I mean, for me, it's fighty, fighty, kick, kick. I really don't care for most of it. Um, But in this moment, Faith is... Her desperation is Mm. translated into this physical freneticism. She is wild. She is moving so fast. It's almost unnatural. Um, And Angel is, you know, fighting and sparring with her and they are flying around this space in a way that is even more violent than your standard fight scene. I mean, we have a lot of fight scenes, usually at least one per episode. So we've been through this over and over and over again. This fight scene has real emotion, physical kineticism to it. It is really an, uh, like an impressive piece of work. It feels generally, I think, less choreographed yeah. than most fight yeah. scenes do. Certainly it's more wild. animalistic, mm-hmm. more, more fervent. Uh, enough to be, in the moment, somewhat uncomfortable. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And then the set piece of of crashing through the window to the street below is pretty great. The introduction Mm -hmm. of what we call, between ourselves, island weather. Sure. That Mm -hmm. is lost-style sudden rainstorms to emphasize dramatic moments in the plot. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. We get the moment of absolute collapse, the moment when Faith's reach exceeds for perhaps the first time her grasp. Mm -hmm. We get the collapse and we get Wesley's perspective on all of this and Mm -hmm. then the final drop of the knife. It's beautifully done and it elevates what had been up until now, something that I wasn't really enjoying about the episode, which is Eliza Dushku's performance. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel throughout 
the first half of the story that she was particularly strong. Yeah. It didn't feel that Faith was particularly sophisticated, particularly engaging in her depiction. It wasn't working for me. And yet this moment mm -hmm. retroactively justifies all of it. Well, because she's in this full on crazy space and she is incredibly self-destructive. You look at that moment where she gives the gun to Angel and there's a blank in there. You know, but it seems but to me... But if he pulled the trigger she, twice. If he pulled the trigger twice, yeah. like there's such a risk there. She did not control that situation at all. And I think that that is a character beat. That is a deliberate thing. That she, part of her wants him to kill her even from the beginning. But it's only a character beat that comes into focus in Once this Once you understand, moment. yeah. And if this moment didn't work as beautifully as it does, mm -hmm. then I think we would still be left with a certain dissatisfaction about Faith. I'm thinking of the scenes in the club. I'm thinking of the scene with Lila. I'm thinking of the scene after she tries to kill Angel with the crossbow. Yeah. None of those scenes are, you know, Faith's finest hour. Mm -hmm. None of those scenes, I would argue, are Eliza Dushku's finest hour. Yeah. And yet this moment is so good mm -hmm. that it just resolves all of the problems that I had. With those earlier scenes. Yeah, it's because she's great. so she's so desperate. Yeah. You know, she's she's feeling this already. You can see it once we get to the end. Until you know that, it just seems like a flat crazy. Yeah, it you seems know? like faith dialed to eleven, which exactly. is not the most interesting faith that we can see. Because faith is most interesting when she has these these two sides pulling, yeah. you know, and in this space, she doesn't have that because she's on a suicide run. Yeah. She's not here to kill Angel. She's here to get killed by Angel. That is what she's trying to do. And she is, I mean, she's out there at these clubs. She's creating fights. She's beating people up. She's leaving a trail of bodies so that somebody will kill her. But all of this completely subconscious. Yeah. She's not aware of that, I think, mm -hmm. at any point. Until this final moment where she says, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm evil, yeah. just kill me, just kill me. And she's so desperate. And I would say that Eliza Dushku, while the flat out dial to 11 crazy faith isn't a really inspired performance, this moment with oh, yeah. Angel is amazing. It is so raw and heartbreaking. Yeah. And it makes me cry every single time I see it. And I'm not really terribly a big fan of faith in general um but yeah at this point this is when i really start to love faith it's incredibly mm -hmm. powerful and it really works and it acts as a perfect fulcrum yeah. for this two-part episode to mm -hmm. turn around it, it's so strong from yeah. there we move into the back half of our two-part episode and we open sanctuary with faith and angel arriving back at his apartment he brings her inside puts her in his bed wraps her up in a blanket as he leaves, she calls out to him, and we get a brief flash of her attacking him in a frenzy with a stake, only for her to return suddenly to the bed, where she says simply nothing. We cut from there to the credits, and I don't like the false beat. I don't like the cutaway either. I don't like it when Buffy does that, because Buffy mm -hmm. as a show, as a Buffy and Angel as a pair of shows, yes. do that so rarely. The quick fantasy cutaway. Yeah. You know, I think that it speaks to the fragility of her mental state in that moment. Like often that kind of quick fantasy cutaway is used for a joke. And I think it's less effective there. Yes. But even here where I think it's better than the cutaway for the joke, it still feels I think that we get that in a quiet moment where she just looks at him. I think we can infer that mm. enough on our own that on our own that she's got that 
that fragility inside of her at this moment that she could go either way. Yeah, and it's compounded by the fact that we're not in her POV. Mm -hmm. She's passive throughout the rest of the scene. And this quick, violent flash Mm -hmm. almost makes it feel as though this is Angel's fear manifesting Mm -hmm. itself. Right. Rather mm-hmm. than Faith's, I don't know, moment of, of murderous inclination. Yeah. It doesn't work for me mm-hmm. at all. Apart from that, though, it's a great scene. It is a great scene. And just taking the time and the space, allowing it to be this quiet mm-hmm. is a really strong choice, a really bold piece of work. I like it a great deal. Yeah. After the credits, Cordelia wanders through the office still bruised and... For those keeping track at home, with her tattoo on full display, (laughs) Wesley arrives and he apologizes her to everything that has happened. Cordelia explains that Faith is in Angel's bed, and when Angel comes up to retrieve a jelly donut, Wesley challenges him about Faith going unbound. Angel believes that Faith can be rehabilitated, that there's hope for her. Wesley, after all that he's undergone, doesn't. Angel confirms with Cordelia that he's doing the right thing, and Cordelia seems to agree, but only until Angel has signed the check for her paid vacation. This scene in its entirety, from the moment that we come out of the credits onto Cordelia Mm -hmm. to the moment that we conclude with her leaving the office, Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite things. It's one of the best written scenes we've seen so far in Angel. It does beautiful work for Cordy and Wesley and all of their characterization. Wesley coming in, I love the moment where Cordy's bruised. Wesley comes in, he sees her face, he touches her face. She looks at him and they have this wonderful moment. And then she says, if it's any consolation, it looks like you you were tortured by a much larger woman. <laughs> You're skipping over the best line in the whole thing, arguably. <laughs> Bitch. Well, not you, obviously. No, I love Cordy's line. It is yeah. funny and fragile and incredibly astutely observed. Mm-hmm. We really are leveraging the history that these characters have mm-hmm. developed now. I adore it. And I love the way that Cordy and Wesley are so genuinely connected in that yeah. moment. Um, I love the argument that Wesley has with Angel, where, you know, he says, it wasn't that long ago that you were arguing for her redemption. Mm-hmm. And she says, it wasn't that long ago that I had feeling in my arm. And yeah, yeah. that line is maybe one step toward, you know, Widonian excess. That's maybe I one love it. Beat. Just just a step too far towards stagey dialogue, but I like it a great deal. Yeah. Because when you juxtapose something like that with mm-hmm. the the simple intensity of Wesley saying, Don't you dare. Yeah. Yeah. There are moments here that are just just bracing in their it's emotional beautiful. purity. Beautiful. And Alexis Denisov, I mean, let's just let's not skip what past can we say about this guy. How amazing he is in this role. A guy who has such incredible range that he can go from as much as I don't like Goofy Wesley, he does Goofy Wesley the really, has never really been the well. Performance. It's yes. never been the performance. <laughs> it's always in the writing. And here we have, you know, we have him doing stuff that is so much more raw and so much he goes from this sweet emotional moment with Cordy, just in the look that they give each other when he touches her face, to this very raw, you know, anger with Angel yeah. in this discussion. And it's amazingly he is so incredibly talented and i think often one of the actors that we sort of skim past we don't take him too seriously at least especially not up until now because what he's been given what he's been given has been predominantly goofy but man he is amazing and we mustn't you know skip over the opportunity to celebrate charisma carpenter just doing great work if Mm -hmm. i have a criticism about this scene it's simply that we now shuffle cordelia off to the side yeah she plays no more part in the proceedings and that's 
sad because I want more Cordelia when she's this well written. It's sad, but I love how they do it. I yeah. love that she says, this is my two week paid vacation. You can deal with crazy. I'm leaving. Let's and assume I love that she that. does, in fact, go off to take that divorce case and take that money and maybe go to Cabo. <laughs> I don't know. Have a nice weekend. At the fight scene in the stranger's apartment, LA's finest are investigating. They have the warrant for Faith's arrest from Sunnydale, and Kate is going over the scene with a fine-tooth comb. There are rumors that Faith has supernatural powers, and Kate takes a minute, okay, maybe, I don't know, three minutes, to bring Kendrick up to speed on the basics of the X-Files. And here something impossible has Mm -hmm. happened. Kate's great in this scene. <laughs> She's as good as Kate has been, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this... I'm still bored by it. It's it's this very, you know, heavy, expositional, it feels like we're just having the scene so we can explain everything to the yes. viewers. Yes, and of course, because we have already framed, you know, one criticism of this double episode that mm-hmm. it could be trimmed back, I'm sure there are listeners out there who are expecting us to say that this is one such scene, that mm-hmm. it could be cut, and it really can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, this particular scene perhaps but we really need kate in the back half of this story and because she is needed because Mm -hmm. there is a real reason to her presence and there's a real conflict that springs from it i think she's good here Mm -hmm. in a way that she's just never been good she hasn't been before or certainly not this good this is the thing it's her pursuit we talked earlier when we were talking about kate in some of the earlier episodes that it was her pursuit we wanted to see her actively pursuing these things that she has seen it and now she wants to know what it's about and this is her in pursuit of these things i think this is the way they needed to go with kate this is what makes her her space in the story earn its space yeah Mm -hmm. this is what we should have done with kate from the beginning from the beginning this should have been what she's doing interesting version of this character Mm -hmm. back in his apartment angel brings faith the donuts she's holding a knife but she gives it up to him when he asks she's been asleep she says for eight months which the math tells us is ever since buffy knocked her out in the first place Mm -hmm. that's an interesting character beat yeah and i like the pan down to the knife Mm -hmm. i like angel's sense of calm his presence throughout this yeah is, it's really strong stuff mm-hmm. lila brings Lindsay news of faith and the failed contract they're going to have some trouble explaining all of this to the senior partners but lee mercer has a better idea kill her <laughs> this is the unnecessary part of the back half of this story uh, yeah mm-hmm. we have to have i don't know four scenes with mm-hmm. with wolfram and hart then we have to have the demon attack and we don't need any of it quite the opposite in fact it mm-hmm. just clutches up a story that is already a little too complicated though even this even the hiring of this ridiculous blue demon and yes. his quick dispatch mm-hmm. later in the story even this isn't the most unnecessary story thread no no we'll get we'll to get that, to that. <laughs> in the apartment faith is having flashbacks and packs her bag angel tells her that she can't run and she challenges him demanding to know why he's doing this why he wants to help her He asks her where she's going to go, and he tells her about the darkness, about the evil that has consumed her. She lashes out, then tremulously asks for help. And I think that while it's a little fast, and while it arguably would be even faster if you collapsed the story into one episode, Mm -hmm. I do like what we do with Faith here. Mm -hmm. I like the trouble that we're going to to show her arc. I like that it's difficult for Mm -hmm. her i think that maybe we hit those beats once or twice too often yeah and i'm Mm -hmm. not sure that you couldn't do it within the span of a single episode if you really you know were at the top of your game yeah 
but I like very much these interactions. Well, I think this is important because this is Angel battling Faith for her soul. Yeah. He is fighting her to save her. And this is a yeah. battle that we've seen play out, mm-hmm. you know, really since Enemies. Oh, I yeah. Think that's the moment at which their particular and singular relationship mm-hmm. was really codified, and it works beautifully throughout. Yeah, it does. In a pub, Wesley is throwing darts and drinking beer. He retrieves his darts as another flies past his ear. It's the Watchers Council's fix-it fellas all the way back from this year's girl and who are you. They want to offer him a return ticket to England and reinstatement as a Watcher. And all he has to do is get them to faith. He refuses, but they make a convincing argument about the danger a rogue slayer presents. We'd cut the Watchers Council guys, right? Oh, in a heartbeat. <laughs> it's not just about the time that the storyline takes up. Yeah. It's about the mess that it makes of otherwise clean and compelling lines of conflict. Yeah, no, it really does. And it adds in another wild card. And we've got Wolfram and Hart running around. We've got, you know, all this stuff. Just it's We don't need, we've got the police. We've got the Watchers Council. We don't need all of them. Well, the ridiculous helicopter machine gun roof fight thing at the end. Um, you can simplify that and just have the police coming after Faith. Right. We certainly don't need that to play out the way that it does. And it exactly. even complicates and muddies the issue. We're supposed to have Angel being arrested at the end of the episode for aiding and abetting a known fugitive. Mm-hmm. And no one is going to mention the tens of thousands of rounds of ammunition that were pumped into a building downtown. Yes. No, we whistle right past that. Sure. Yeah. That isn't just an unnecessary complication. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful wasted opportunity, mostly because we don't need Wesley to feel conflicted here, or rather, we don't need extra additional conflict being added in. Well, and it's also that we are shown this scene where we're thinking, oh no, Wesley is going to betray Angel. And Which, then we just turn around and right. undercut that. And if we didn't have to spend 10 minutes in a pub mm-hmm. with all of this being painstakingly explained by yes. three guys when one guy would do, mm-hmm. instead we could actually invest in Wesley. Mm-hmm. We could show the real conflict that he's experiencing. Yeah. If he decided on his own to go and kill Faith because it was the right thing to do as he saw it, then we would have a real and legitimate conflict at the heart of the episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead, we have this, which is neither fish nor fowl. It's not actually creating new conflict for the story. It's false conflict because it makes us believe something that is actually not true. And it completely shortcuts the real conflict that was there for Wesley. Yeah. Because by the time Which he was comes interesting. Back, the only line that we get of acknowledgement is when he says to Angel, I didn't do it for her. Yes, exactly. I did it for you because I trust you. Well, I trust you more than a bunch of crazy watcher people. And it turns into this like weird joke that's sort of stuffed into a scene yeah. that doesn't need to be there. We're just bailing on this story as hard yeah. as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Back in the apartment, Faith asks how it works and Angel explains what she's going to face. She's going to suffer, she's going to atone, and she still may never find forgiveness. But Faith was talking about the microwave popcorn. She doesn't know how she'll ever apologize for what she's done, but Angel's got some experience, and this is her only chance at being free. And she has to make it up to Buffy, and she has to make it up to Buffy's new boyfriend about whom Angel knows nothing, and this is not the time. The Wolfram and Hart team talk with a new subcontractor about their Faith problem, And back at the bar, the council's best and brightest give Wesley a powerful sedative that he can use to knock Faith out so that she can be taken back to England and the council. Wesley agrees, but only if Angel is left unharmed. They reluctantly promise after, I don't know, 40 minutes of discussion. (laughs) 
And the handshake seals the deal. I also like this where there he's like, you're going to take her back to England and rehabilitate her? And they're like, oh, yeah, no, that's totally what we're going to do. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Rehabil- they're yeah. so absolutely going no, to kill we her. No, we got a whole big uh, rehabilitation. The whole thing. Gun. Yes. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be fine. No kidding. Yes. Ten minutes of the episode. Oh, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't need the joke with the blue demon at Wolfram and Hart. How did they get this demon into the building? Yes. Why would they turn to this? It makes them seem less threatening. It because- does. Well, because the demon is ridiculous. And then there's that whole thing where she says, you know, we can shake hands. Oh, for this presuming you have hands. That was species. Exactly. Like the whole thing is yeah. just not necessary. It's yeah. it's a real misfire. Mm-hmm. But it's not destructive to the material that surrounds it, which yeah. is important, mm-hmm. I think. Ultimately, what matters about Wolfram and Hart in this episode is the decision to use the law. That's the noir storyline. Exactly. Right there. Yeah. They should go to that at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. and just let it hang in suspension until we cap it at the end. Yeah. It's there's a lot of possibility there. Mm-hmm. That possibility all but squandered by the blue demon on the one hand and the endless scene in the pub on the other. Yes. Later, Faith watches public domain television as a figure moves in the shadows. She finally finds the plot-relevant news channel and sees her picture. Angel tries to reassure her that everything is okay, and then we see Kate giving a press conference about how dangerous Faith is. Why is Kate giving this press conference? Uh, Well, here's the thing. There are people at police stations who specifically exist to give the press conferences. Now, in a smaller town like your Los Angeles, uh, they usually have the detectives doing double duty. Um, But when I lived in Anchorage, uh, we actually had a specific person who did the uh, press, you know, stuff. And even if there wasn't a specific person (laughs) whose job this was, this isn't, as we established at the beginning of the episode, Kate's case. Right. Nonetheless, Faith watches it with horror. Then the demon assassin drops from the ceiling at the most opportune moment and they fight. Faith kills it, but is left with literal blood on her hands. And that's when Buffy shows up. Angel tells her that they were attacked and Buffy takes a minute to catch up. She has definite opinions on what she will and will not allow to happen to Faith and forgiveness is off the table. So much so that when Angel finally intervenes and tells Faith to leave... Buffy punches him and receives a punch in return, which is a startling moment. You know, but appropriate. I, I mean, think so. I she think hits so. him, he hits her back, and then she looks at him like, oh, I can't believe you did that. How and I'm sorry, you. when you're a slayer, you don't get to play the, you'd hit a girl. You don't get to do that. You're the slayer. Yeah. We'll come back to Buffy's role in this episode. Yeah, because that's an interesting discussion. At the end, mm-hmm. yes. Upstairs, a shaken faith is questioned by an ominous Wesley. Back at Wolfram and Hart, we learn that the second assassin is dead. They need a new strategy. And it's the best one that they have the law. Angel tries to explain to Buffy about Faith, but Buffy is awfully morally righteous about never having been a monster. Wesley brings Faith downstairs and comes clean to Angel, short-circuiting the conflict that was building in that Mm storyline, telling him that the council's men are on their way. Faith slips out and Buffy gives chase. Angel and Wesley go into the sewers. And I'm not sure that I buy Angel letting Buffy run after Faith. Yeah. After all that we've gone through, Mm -hmm. I appreciate that we need to have Buffy and Faith, A, alone, and B, on the rooftop. Mm -hmm. I don't buy Angel just letting her go and then going into the sewers. Yeah. It's a bit of plot mechanics that doesn't really hold Mm -hmm. up for me there. If Angel had simply 
agreed to, you know, hold the fort. Yeah. If he was going to protect them, he and Wesley would stay behind to delay their possible pursuit. That would have been something. Mm -hmm. But... And it's unfortunate, too, in the span of the episode that we don't really address Buffy's relationship with the Watcher's Council. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Except, you know, as well, a target. Yeah. Well, because here we have, and then we have this ridiculous rooftop thing with machine guns and a helicopter that we'll the Watcher's that. Council We'll get to that. At the police station, Lindsay gives Kate information about Angel and about Faith. The law doesn't address the question of vampires and action has to be taken. Another great scene. Mm -hmm. And I think that Kate is really working in this episode. Lindsay is really working in this episode. Yeah. This is absolutely the line that they should have taken. This after is the Faith best failed. Kate we've had. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On the roof of Angel's building, Buffy finds Faith. Faith tells her that she can't make it right, that she can't atone, so she's going to run. But Buffy is not on board with that plan. Suddenly, the council attacks, and Buffy and Faith run across the rooftop, first from one of the gun toting maniacs, and then from the aforementioned armed helicopter. <laughs> Buffy attacks the gunman and protects Faith while Wesley and Angel face off against the other council agent below. Angel runs, Wesley throws the syringe of sedative like a dart and then knocks the council agent out with a punch. Okay, again, it shouldn't be in there. It's really, really stupid. <laughs> I like that they set up how good Wesley was with darts and then they give him the syringe. Well, because the beat back in the pub is that he's bad with darts. No, he was doing great. They were all in the center when he went to retrieve him before they threw the other dart at you him. You need to go and watch that scene again. <laughs> that is not what happened. <laughs> I thought that was... My understanding was yeah. that Wesley was very bad at darts. Uh -huh. I'll have to screen cap that and put it in the show. We'll have to see because when he goes to pull them off, they're all in the bullseye. <laughs> they're close enough. They're scattered when he's in the wide shot, but when he goes Oh, is that up. the difference? They magically move to the so bullseye. He has psychic powers. Because he's really the, good the at darts. <laughs> yes. No, sure. As everyone knows, the hardest part of darts is psychokinetically moving them after you've taken your shot. But before it is you the get hardest the close part, I will say, yes. <laughs> on the roof, Angel Batmans, as he has never Batmaned before, <laughs> leaping onto the helicopter and throwing the last remaining gunman down onto the roof and then forcing the pilot to land. Because one thing that we know about vampires is that they can't take a 12-foot vertical drop back onto the rooftop. <laughs> and for those of you at home who may find yourself in this position someday, mm -hmm. when you have a helicopter and a very large gun, you probably don't need to be four feet away from the people that you're trying to kill. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Also, when you're a watcher and you have one slayer, one. <laughs> one would argue one job. <laughs> one job, which is to, you know, protect and aid the slayer. When the slayer is on a rooftop, don't shoot her. <laughs> when the action is over and done, Faith is gone. And when the helicopter lands, Kate arrives along with half the cops in her department. She questions Angel about Faith, but he remains silent and is arrested. Later, Wesley and Buffy arrive at the police station and Buffy steps in to protect Angel from paying the price for Faith being murdered by Kate. Yes. Is what we're heading toward there. <laughs> but Faith is already there and she wants to confess. Still later, Buffy and Angel talk in calmer tones. Angel calls her out on her desire for vengeance, and she tells him all about Riley, who, she says, to twist the knife, she trusts. Angel tells her that he can't move on, and that she needs to go home. She leaves with a final barb, and Wesley talks with Angel, reassuring him that he did the right thing. And we cut to Faith in a cell, and Angel and Wesley discuss how hard it will be for her, but at least she has a chance. The end. Mm-hmm. 
it's pretty great. It is all in all, really good. it's pretty great. I hate the rooftop scene. I hate oh, the God, watcher I know guys. Me too. Yeah, it's not just bad in and of itself, but it ruins a much tighter potential climax, a much smaller scale but higher intensity climax yes, between exactly. Angel and the police. Mm-hmm. Having Kate show up outside of the building with armed officers and allowing Faith to simply walk out and surrender herself. Mm-hmm. There's so much potential there. There could and it's be so much wasted. more. Yeah, it really Instead, is. Instead, we end up with this cheap reveal that Faith somehow beat them to the police station without any kind of transport. Slayers but run very fast. Apparently, they do. They leap across when buildings. When they need to get from scene to scene. Sure, they do. So, overall, mm-hmm. what do we think? Uh, overall, I think it's really good. It's a good pair of episodes. Again, I really think there's a lot of stuff that you could trim out of this. And the stuff that is there, even if you're going to have two episodes, you can fix the Wolfram and Hart stuff. You can fix the even the Watcher's Council stuff, I suppose. No, you, you fix the Watcher's Council stuff by, by cutting, cutting it, it. It's just terrible. There's no need for it. But yeah, no, it's 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 pretty bad. The Wolfram and Hart yeah. stuff, you take out the Blue Demon. Yeah. And, you and really have them really use the law and have the police coming after because there's enough pressure on Faith that the police are coming after her then you have Buffy and Angel and Faith and Angel protecting Faith with Buffy I think that that's really cool Mm -hmm. I like the whole thing with Buffy I especially like the fact that Buffy gets yelled at because you know what she is wrong and Angel is right and I like when he lets her have it all right let's talk about that okay because what we've arrived at here is the incontrovertible conclusion that these shows have now diverged so much Mm -hmm. that our stars our heroes don't really belong in each other's shows anymore. No, they don't. Buffy doesn't have a place Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. And when she shows up in Los Angeles, or to be more accurate, I guess, when she shows up in Angel, carrying her Buffy sensibility with her, Mm -hmm. she's wrong. She is wrong. She's absolutely wrong. Mm -hmm. As Angel transplanted back to Buffy Mm -hmm. would also be wrong. And we'll have the opportunity to talk about that. see very soon, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really interesting piece of divergent storytelling Mm -hmm. from the two creative teams behind these two shows. And I'm glad of it. Yeah. Because without Angel being a much darker, much more noir, much more adult show, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't get what works about this episode. Mm -hmm. If they tried to tell this story back in Sunnydale, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Similarly, if we tried to tell Angel stories in Sunnydale, we wouldn't have the things that we love about Buffy. Mm -hmm. So instead of one great story being told over two shows, we now get, I would say, two great stories. Absolutely. And the one thing that I really love about the way this works is that Buffy, I mean, I love Buffy in Sunnydale. I absolutely love her. I think that she's great. She's, you know, not always perfect, but she's always, you know, good in what she does. In this space, she is so completely out of line and whiny, and she doesn't belong there. And I think it's just that, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the television show, that is about Sunnydale. And that is about saving innocence, you know, saving, rescuing people who haven't been hurt too much yet, you know. Um, And when we get to Angel, Angel is really about rescuing the people, saving the souls of people who where innocence is already lost. And there's something about that. There's a darker, deeper, um, much more complex and complicated um reality and morality well, when you're dealing with the angel verse as opposed to the buffy verse that's the noir element mm-hmm. i think in angel yeah. in noir the world can't be saved exactly you can only get people out 
or preserve for a brief period. Right, but and innocence is already lost. Exactly. There's and, no and, preserving and that. Contact with that, just being mm-hmm. adjacent to that, will inevitably corrupt mm-hmm. you. We see that very powerfully in Angel. You mm-hmm. know, there have been, I think, as many bad episodes of Angel that have addressed that theme as there mm-hmm. have been good episodes of yeah. Angel. <laughs> Though, certainly, no episode has addressed it as comprehensively or as competently as this two-parter. Yeah, I feel like this two-parter really cements us in that space. This is where we are. These are the kinds of stories that we're telling. And I think that it sets up what Angel is that Buffy isn't. It's arguably the fullest realization of that that we've seen to date. Mm -hmm. Arguably, this is making good on the potential and the promise that we saw back in City of. Mm -hmm. A potential and a promise that hasn't been until now fully realized that's not to say that angel has been bad Mm -hmm. there have been very good episodes but those episodes have generally skewed away from this noir style storytelling Mm -hmm. particularly this you know sun-bleached west coast noir yeah we kind of play around a lot we sort of dance into different spaces we get some goofy stuff we get some just gross demony stuff there's a whole bunch of different things happening and i feel like here we finally really understand what angel is that is somewhat undercut by the rooftop showdown a little bit yeah Mm -hmm. because that is the conclusion to a different story. That's the conclusion to a superhero story. And that's not what Mm -hmm. Angel should be and certainly not what this episode is. What do we make of the battle for Faith's soul? Let me ask that by asking this, I guess. What do we make of the battle for Angel's soul? The battle for Angel's soul. Do we think that there are really genuinely interesting contrasts between Angel and Faith in this episode? Or did we really just have Angel's Adventures in Romania to pad out the first half of the the story? I think that Angel's Adventures in Romania spoke to uh, this genuine need to to save Faith because he understands. But I don't feel like we got anything from that that we didn't already know and completely understand. There wasn't anything new. We didn't get anything out of those flashbacks that that um, brought our understanding of Angel to this greater place. We already knew this is who he was. We saw him doing this with Faith back in Enemies. And we wanted, you know, he was trying to save her back then. Right. Because what we saw in the flashback sequences in Romania in this episode was the guilt and and agony of the monster, mm-hmm. not the atonement, not the redemption, not we didn't the see first his soul step forward. Get saved. And the problem yes. with that is that we know the first time that happened was when he met Whistler mm-hmm. and was taken to see a young 15-year-old Buffy. Exactly. We've already seen that. And he does this whole speech with Faith about you have to be able to apologize. No, it will never be enough. But yeah. you have to be able to say, I'm sorry. And we don't see Angel doing that. I think we... We have enough of Angel's soul. We understand enough about him on this path to redemption that he's just trying to make up for the terrible things that he's done. Um, I think we that is basically what the show is about. We don't need to really revisit that this much. It's a battle for Faith's soul. It's about Faith. And I don't even think for Angel that it's about him so much as it is he's the only one who can understand exactly what she's going through exactly what it means to save her let's ask the question Mm -hmm. lest we be accused of avoiding this particular (laughs) topic let's ask the question should faith be saved is there actually a hope for redemption I think that there is I think that there is because she wants it because she went there looking to get killed looking for somebody to end her life because she was miserable being who she was those two things are not the same thing 
a desire to have one's life end mm -hmm. is not the same as seeking or even believing possible atonement. But knowing that what you did is wrong, knowing that and having it not be who you are. Yeah, this, I think, is maybe my problem with this is that those are two different things. Mm -hmm. And the show does, to a certain degree, conflate them. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean when I say that the flashback that we get to Romania is showing us Angel's suffering, his yeah. torment, but not his steps toward redemption. But not redemption. his redemption, right. Mm -hmm. And from Faith, we get the suffering. And I think that we can infer that redemption will come, mm -hmm. that there will be acts of atonement that will follow after. And I don't necessarily need to see those, but we're behaving as though Faith feeling bad about herself is you know, the key to her redemption. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure... I'm not sure that that's true. I think it's possible for a character in the Buffyverse to feel monstrous. Mm -hmm. And Faith has felt monstrous for a long while now. Yeah. We saw that back in this year's Girl and Who Are You? When she beats up herself. Yeah. You know, uh, saying you're disgusting, you know, you're terrible. Um, so we've seen this in Faith. We've seen this struggle in Faith from the beginning. Yeah. Because even at her worst, she's always had that duality. She's always had that part of herself that wanted... To and be good, that wanted to be a hero. Every time it's been expressed, there have been immediate mm -hmm. consequences. She has been slapped sure. by the universe again mm -hmm. and again and again. She has been, well, almost, one would argue, forced into mm -hmm. this life. Sure. But we haven't seen her exhibit the strength of will, the strength of character that would necessarily allow for redemption. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Is there hope for faith? Setting aside our knowledge of what comes later in the story... Having seen this episode, would you believe that there is hope for Faith? Yeah, when Faith surrenders herself to the police, I think that that is the moment where there is hope for her because she's a slayer. She doesn't have to go anywhere. She doesn't have to. If she's going to jail, she's going to jail because she agrees to it. That's what worries me about the conclusion to the episode, mm -hmm. because for her... Being incarcerated is a decision that she makes every single day. Yeah. It is going to take one moment of weakness mm -hmm. in the, the years ahead sure. for her to change her mind and immediately break out. Mm -hmm. there, there's no kind of, there's no support system there for her. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. I think that the fact that she's choosing it is incredibly meaningful. But the case that Angel makes, both in this episode and in the show as a whole, is that it's not a choice. It's a choice that you're called upon to make again and again, again and again. Mm -hmm. That he could slip. And it's not for Angel, of course, just about feeding on people. It's not just about being a vampire. Mm -hmm. He has, if anything, the far harder task, which is avoiding Buffy. Yeah. About not giving in to that temptation. Mm -hmm. He has to be strong constantly, lest terrible things happen. And now so does Faith. Yeah. And I, I think would that that's meaningful. Like yeah. to believe, but I'm not sure that the episode gives me quite enough there. Mm -hmm. And I think it would take a line. I think it would take a line. If we didn't want to end the episode on quite such a powerfully dramatic note, mm -hmm. it would take a line about Angel staying in contact with Faith, mm -hmm. about him, you know, being connected with her, about him still helping her, even though she's now inside yeah. prison. Mm. It's. Really interesting stuff. Yeah, it is. So on a related note, let's talk about Wesley. Okay. Let's talk about the fact that despite what we are led to believe in the back half of the story, Wesley has a moment of concern. He has a moment of, of doubt 
Mm-hmm. But he actually holds admirably to his principles. He's pretty much unshakable on the possibility of redemption. Mm-hmm. Do we buy that? Do we believe that? Because Wesley, once you've seen the whole story and you look at Wesley's arc, the guy is pretty much superhuman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a strength of will and a strength of character that is profoundly admirable. Mm-hmm. Does that work for you? Um, Wesley feels a little off to me in this because he opens up with, you know, we have to believe that she can be redeemed. We have to, you know, if there's even a chance, she's not a monster. She's a girl. She tortures Wesley. And then the next day he's like, uh, no, you know, you have to put this dog down. She's rabbit. He compares her to a rabbit animal. Then he comes back. He has this opportunity to turn faith over. After he's just had this argument with Angel. You're right. In as much as the following morning, he does express that reservation. Mm -hmm. But he's not talking about killing her outright. He's talking about her being bound and gagged. Mm -hmm. He's the one who puts down the knife or drops the knife in the alley. He could solve the problem right there. But even, you know, new to the agonies of his torment, Mm -hmm. he still doesn't take action against her. Mm -hmm. He's concerned about Angel trusting faith yeah he's not closed down to the possibility of her redemption right or am i misreading that i don't know i mean it seems like he is he also the way that he talks about it with angel is he says i completely understand and agree that the police are not you know capable of Mm -hmm. taking care of this and you have to but uh you know she should be bound and gagged and you know and 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 imprisoned essentially so he is arguing i think not for her redemption but for her incarceration of you know, something that, that can handle a slayer. You so know? you think that Wesley's arguing for permanent incarceration at that point and that he's just hesitating to do what arguably from his perspective must be done, which is to kill her. Mm, I don't know if killing is this, her is he's, necessarily he's what morally he, yeah. hesitating to, you know, I solve think that the, the problem. watcher council coming to him and saying, we'll, you know, take care of it. We we're going to, you know, handle her mm-hmm. would be the answer that Wesley would look for. And I mean, I like, you know, it's nice that he doesn't betray angel, but I think it's a much more interesting beat if he does. Well, except that the watcher's council is even less well equipped. Well, the watcher's handle... ca- and these, these guys are these guys Larry, Moe and Curly of the watchers. <laughs> they have been beat up and, you know, they're just, they're so incapable. No, they're the council's elite. Exactly. They're the no, best of the best. If we had one guy who was not those three losers yeah. who came in and was serious business, um, I think it's a much more, I think the Watcher's Council is a much more interesting beat if Wesley does disagree with Angel, if Wesley does sort of betray Angel in that space. You know, if we're going to use the Watchers, use them in a way that's interesting. No, I, I think what we're doing there, we're, we're breaking Wesley's core character in order to accommodate an extra piece of of Mm -hmm. plot there that I don't think that we need. I buy Wesley's unshakable faith in faith. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You'll forgive the pun. (laughs) I buy his unshakable faith in the possibility of redemption Mm -hmm. and atonement. I see his argument against Angel as being a much more pragmatic argument, Mm -hmm. which is, look, no one else can take care of her. Mm -hmm. You're the only one that can. But that doesn't mean that you give her you know, license to roam around your apartment and bring her jelly donuts. Yes. Mm -hmm. That means that you bind her and you gag her and you keep an eye on her until she shows again and again and again that she is willing to work toward atonement. That she is going to pursue redemption. I think that that honestly is a very interesting argument. We never get into the specifics of that. Like right now, we still don't know exactly what 
Wesley would have intended for for Faith or whether he believes that she can be you know rehabilitated yep. when when he when the the council says that they'll rehabilitate her he is reasonably skeptical about their ability to do that but yeah. because it's so muddied by the council's presence we have no way of knowing if he's skeptical well, about yeah. the possibility of redemption or the possibility of them i submit again larry <laughs> moan curly yes, yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. yeah it's really interesting it's ultimately yes muddied and compromised by the addition of the watchers council mm-hmm uh, by their representatives in the back half of the story. I will hold, I think, to Wesley's strength of character. Mm-hmm. That though he is furious and he doesn't trust Faith at all, he certainly doesn't trust her to the degree that Angel trusts her, I don't think that he's given up on her. I don't think we are given cause to believe at any point that he has given up on the sanctity of the human soul, the the, the redemptive possibility of the human soul. In general, or in this specific instance, I yeah. think that that he holds to that. I don't think it's about faith. I think that in the end, when he says, "I didn't do it for her, I did it for you," I think it's about Angel. I think it's about trusting Angel. I think it is about. I think he is an incredibly loyal person. Yeah, I think that's a cop out too, though. No, I feel like that's where Wesley we're would talking go. About faith. Oh, well, I feel like Wesley at this point would just be trusting no, Angel. I believe that he would. I believe that that is mm-hmm. absolutely true to his character, but. In terms of the story, mm-hmm. in terms of forcing Wesley to make a decision, yeah, having him, you know, cop well, out on the decision and simply exactly. pass responsibility for it's it. It's the cop out Angel. that bugs me more yeah. than the choice that he makes, but the fact that he makes that choice because it's what he really believes in. And I think that you know, I would have, I would have been more interested in seeing, you know, him him go to the police, him bring the police in on it, you know, or something like that. Although Wesley knows that they can't handle her, so he wouldn't. But, you know, something like that. Like, I I would like him to take a stand and do what he thinks is best, you know. Is there anything to the Watcher's presence and their offer of reinstatement that that works for you to, that that, that you find compelling? (laughs) No, because they say, oh, they didn't pay for your ticket back home. And we all know it's absolutely impossible for you to buy your own ticket. He bought a lot of leather pants and a motorcycle. If he wanted to go home, he could go home. Yes, the idea that he became a rogue demon hunter because he couldn't afford fair. Because he couldn't get it. No, the whole thing is so muddy and stupid. And the reinstatement. And I've done more good working for Angel than I ever did for the Watchers Council. He doesn't want that job back but i do completely believe that the council guys would think that was the case oh sure that they because would they're believe stupid. that was true yeah. yeah but i mean that's the thing they are so they're so dumb they're so just terrible at what they do you know these are not the guys and they do not feel like a threat but somehow they have a helicopter and machine guns which is incredibly stupid this is the whole thing the inconsistent depiction of yeah. the watchers and the watchers council yeah. part i don't know 300 we're informed that they're so yes. dangerous that they're so tough that they're, that so, they're smart. so wise and then we repeatedly so see them act like idiots yeah, yeah. So we are comfortable with the idea that Faith, given all the monstrous things that she has done, mm-hmm. that Faith is worthy of redemption. I think so. And we I hold think to the idea yeah. that the human soul is genuinely, within the Buffyverse, a sacred thing. Yes. That it would not be the right and pragmatic thing to do to kill Faith, even if Faith is asking to be killed. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's what we're saying here. And I think that that's philosophically a very interesting place to be. Well, is it? Because black and white is generally less interesting than a more complicated pattern. You know, I think that 
we have a clean dividing line and it's by no means a clean dividing line that we've mm-hmm. you know respected throughout we've addressed the evil of human beings mm-hmm. and now we're addressing with increasing regularity the potential good of demonic Demons. beings mm-hmm. otherworldly sure. supernatural beings i would like to see a more thorough interrogation of this idea mm-hmm. because everyone is really on board. The only person who isn't is Buffy and Buffy is rendered so one note, yeah. so outright villainous mm-hmm. in this story that it's really difficult to, to listen to her perspective because if nothing else, she fails to properly articulate a perspective. Well, and She's also, here what to is it? yell at Angel and complain, but not actually to offer a solution. And what is she going to do? She's not going to kill Faith. You know, probably not. It would seem not. She wanted and to yet, beat her up. She said, "If Angel you apologize to me, I will beat you up for vengeance." Yeah, absolutely. Well, is that what the vengeance is? She just wants to to knock Faith around a bit. Uh, perhaps, yeah. Um, and and that's the thing. I don't think that. I think that the redemption of the human soul and the idea that it is always possible to find redemption if you want it and if you're willing to work for it. I think that that's a very interesting space philosophically for us to land, that nobody is beyond redemption. Nobody is beyond saving and that if there is an opportunity to save somebody, then you should. Sure, but you might argue that Angel is the poster boy for that story. And it's a story that we've explored fairly thoroughly. Well, I think the faith is a little different. I think that faith is faith has been conflicted from the beginning. She never lost her soul. Everything that she did that was terrible, she did with a soul. She did with full knowledge but of what she was doing. The argument, but she was incredibly conflicted the whole way through. That's the argument that human evil in Buffy is, is much worse, worse than, than demonic, demonic evil. evil. Sure. That mm-hmm. in this instance, faith is worse than spike arguably worse than the mayor yeah. you know mm-hmm. we don't know the state of the mayor's soul yeah i guess prior my to understanding the is that he sold it well that's what we're told yeah. he sold it a century ago yeah. this was the promise that he would have because that's how he got the to be young for exactly. a century yeah well, well mm-hmm. young well youngish <laughs> because what you'd really want to do is sell your soul for a lifetime of no, being middle-aged. if you're gonna sell your soul and this is just for the people out there let me tell you if you're gonna sell your soul to stay young forever do it when you're like 24 you know you say that but mid-40s it's a buyer's is not the time to do that i'm just you telling know? you right now <laughs> as one person with one soul you're not in a strong position you really have to you know it's, it's craigslist it's exactly. ugly it's, it's not that great i think we've probably talked about faith soul enough for now at least Let's address the one task that remains ahead of us and put this on the list of every Angel episode ever. Mm-hmm. Do you have a suggestion? I, I do. Okay. I do. My suggestion is number one, top of the list, right there. Above I Will Remember You. Above I Will Remember You. I'm very surprised by that. I loved I Will Remember You, but it isn't. This is, I think, the first time that Angel really becomes angel that really stands on its own i will remember you is wonderful but it's an episode of buffy the vampire that is slayer exactly the argument that i was going to make this is the first best episode of angel mm-hmm. that couldn't be an episode of buffy yes it wouldn't be better if it were an episode of buffy right as much as i appreciate i will remember you and parting gifts and in the dark mm-hmm. in a sense all of those episodes were better done by Buffy. Yeah, and those are very Buffy-style episodes. And then we have a lot of these episodes where we're sort of playing in these different spaces. We're kind of getting a sense of what Angel is, what it does well, what it doesn't do well. And this is the moment where I really feel like we understand what this world is. We understand what kinds of stories we're telling here. And we go into that space with purpose. So yes. much so that when Buffy shows up, she is so completely out of her element. 
And it's not that she's badly written. It's not that this is not a Buffy no. that we recognize. Yeah. This is just a Buffy who is she just doesn't fundamentally out of her depth. I do think it's interesting that you draw the connection between the the preservation of innocence mm-hmm. and the kind of I don't know desire to protect those who have already lost their innocence. The the fight to protect even though innocence is already lost. I think that, that there's, there's still something to save there. You know, I, I, I think that's interesting, and I think there's something to it. I'm uh, not sure if it's I'm not sure if it's right. But it's kind of an interesting thought. Well, there's definitely another division between the two shows, which is that Buffy, for all that she is in college, Buffy is still about being a child. It's still yeah. about Buffy is about becoming and mm-hmm. Angel is about being. Yeah. This is a distinction that we've drawn before. Mm-hmm. And the more distant these two shows become from each other, the more that is reinforced. Mm-hmm. I think there's something of, of a, a mutual reinforcement there. Yeah. The shows get further apart, so we don't have our crossovers function as well. Mm-hmm. So the shows get further apart because yeah. there's no binding agent there. Mm-hmm. You know, when Oz shows up in, in the dark, for example, the two shows still feel broadly yeah. applicable. Mm-hmm. By this point, we haven't even gone through a full season yet, but mm-hmm. by this point, they're very, very different worlds. And I'm very appreciative of that, yeah. I think. I would have loved to have seen a Buffy episode that gives us a similar perspective on this topic. Oh, know? that would be interesting. Which, I mean, we will do well, when we get to season yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. And season seven, too. We do a lot of that. And so, arguably season yeah. five. There's, yeah. some, there's some darkness in season five. I would say five through seven of Buffy, we get some more, we get a lot more, like, deeper discussion of the idea of yeah. redemption and, and what you can and cannot be redeemed from. Then let's put this number one All right. on the list. That is not to say it's a perfect episode. I do think that it would be better as a single episode. Mm-hmm. The big challenge, and it may be an insurmountable challenge with making this a single episode of television, is that you have to move Faith's collapse mm-hmm. to the end of the first act. Yeah. If you're doing this in one episode, you can't even make that the midpoint because all the Faith material from the second episode, from Sanctuary, still basically needs to be there. Mm-hmm. We maybe hit that drum once or twice more than we need, but it's only once or twice. Yeah. We need to show the depth and the complexity of her reaction to this collapse, to her possibly ambiguous desire for restoration, mm-hmm. for, for rehabilitation, for atonement. We still need to do that. Do you think it's possible to get Faith to breaking point by the end of the first act? I think it is possible. I think it would be really fast. <laughs> I, I While I think that we have a lot of cruft between these two episodes, I think that rather than necessarily condensing it all, condensing all the good stuff down into one, let's expand it a little bit and make what's there better. Let's make Faith less dial to 11 crazy. Let's, we can bring Wolfram and Hart in, but we don't have to do all that stuff with the gang kid and the witness. And they already have plenty of reasons to be no, mad at Angel. We don't need another one. with Wolfram and Hart would right. do the trick. Mm-hmm. The big advantage, I think, if you were going to compress this to one episode, mm-hmm. the big advantage you have is Faith's last appearance. Yeah. Because we just went through this body swap drama right. in which Faith was forced to confront her feelings of self-loathing. Right. Mm-hmm. If she had shown up in Los Angeles, not the uber badass you know, exactly. <laughs> kick-ass slayer chick that we've seen, mm-hmm. but rather showed up genuinely haunted, genuinely troubled, and Angel went after her mm-hmm. rather than vice versa, I think we'd have a much tighter episode. It would be an episode that's built even more profoundly on existing mythology and existing stories. Yeah. You would have to really walk a fine line. Mm-hmm. But since this episode doesn't really go out of its way to play to new audience members anyway, sure. 
I think that you could make it work. I think probably you could. You could really tighten that down a lot if Angel finds out she's there, goes after her. If she leaves one injured person in his town, yeah. he's going to go straight for yeah, her. Absolutely. And I think that the police looking for her after you know what she's done, I think that that completely makes sense. Instead of meeting her right. at the bus station when she's so self-possessed and so capable and just the same old faith as though... Who Are You and This Year's Girl had never happened. Right, because at the end of Who Are You, at the end of This Year's Girl, or no, it was Who Are You, it was the second one. At the end of Who Are You, I mean, she has already reached that point of collapse. Exactly. So you bring her to, you know, Los Angeles under that collapse. Um, And and I think that that's a really interesting, yeah. Yeah, she's not strong, she's not capable. Yeah. And Angel goes after her. I think you're on much firmer footing. I think, I think you absolutely are. I think there is potential contained within that framework, within this story for, you know, an all-time great episode of Buffy and Angel mm-hmm. combined. But her torturing Wesley, though, I don't know, because that's so good. And what it does to Wesley and the way that he comes through that, the way that he stands up to her. I don't think you necessarily have to cut that if she shows up in Los Angeles yeah. with vengeance in her mind. You know? I think you need if two episodes If she's so tormented for that. Yeah. that she goes after Wesley specifically. Mm-hmm. Because that also makes for a more interesting story. If she, consumed with self-loathing, blames Wesley for what has happened to Mm -hmm. her, if only he'd done a better job of being her watcher, you've got a story there. Yeah, I, I don't know if you can do it all in one episode. It I would think really that, be a yeah. challenge. No, I, I it would absolutely really acknowledge be a it would really be a challenge. Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. All right, let's wrap this thing up because we will be back next Monday with what is effectively our season finale of season four of Buffy the yes. Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Not technically the last episode of season four of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but hey, who pays attention to such <laughs> fine details? Next Monday, we will be looking at the Yoko Factor and Prime Evil, the conclusion to the Adam saga. And we will have some things to say about where season four went wrong and where it unexpectedly works really rather well. (laughs) There's some thematic work in these two episodes that really caught me by surprise. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to get into that discussion. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next Monday with more. Until then, I'm Alistair Stevens. And I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Dusted. A very brief spoiler section then after the music this week to talk about Faith's future. Mm -hmm. Because I mentioned in the body of the episode, forgetting that I couldn't really mention it for spoiler reasons, that Angel does in fact stay in contact with Faith. Yes, he does. It's a Mm -hmm. semi-regular kind of contact, Mm -hmm. but we open the second season with him visiting her. Yeah. She then disappears from the Buffyverse for two and a half seasons. Until season seven. Mm -hmm. She's Well, season four of Of Angel. Angel Season (laughs) seven of Buffy. Yes, she's back basically for, for what will amount to the back half of season four slash seven. Mm-hmm. She is, she breaks herself out of prison to yes. deal with Angelus in mm-hmm. season four of Angel. And having faced that, having earned da, 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 some measure of atonement, sure. she returns to Sunnydale to take her place among the potentials, among the army of light mm-hmm. that is battling the first evil in uh, season seven of Buffy. And I will say, I don't remember Faith's arc in season four of Angel mm-hmm. terribly well. I think I've only seen those episodes once. Mm-hmm. 
I love Faith in Season 7 of Buffy. Yeah, Faith in Season 7 of Buffy is such a great character. And I think this is really where Eliza Dushku does her thing. Yeah. This is where she really steps up. And I think that what she's able to do in Season 7 of Buffy is sort of like everything that she could have been during all of these earlier seasons. She nails it in that space. Well, and of course, comes back to talk about potentiality. Oh, yeah. The theme of Season 7. Exactly. What could you be mm-hmm. and faith is perhaps my favorite embodiment of that theme. manifestation of potential yes yeah she's just great i can't wait to talk about those stories though of course it will be very sad to end our discussion of buffy it will by the time we get to season seven yeah. i don't know two years from now a lot to talk about <laughs> but that is it for for faith on the small screen i guess yeah. she appears in the comic books as a long-running angel and faith storyline Mm-hmm. Uh, over in the comics, which I think, are you reading that right now? I am reading that right now. I haven't yet started it's, that. It's pretty good. I'm it's looking pretty forward good, to yeah. yeah. So we will see Faith at the beginning of season two, and then she'll disappear for, for two and a half seasons. Yeah, just doing her time. But when she comes back, boy howdy, how she comes back. Yes, she does. Looking forward to that. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for listening. A very brief spoiler section sure. this time around. We'll, we have, of course, some things to talk about with regard to Wesley, but there will be better opportunities to talk about his arc through the rest of Angel oh, in the weeks yeah. and months ahead. I know. Sad thoughts. It's good stuff. Dark Wesley, I'm telling it's you. tough to watch. <laughs> There's a lot of it that's very tough to watch. Yeah. We'll get to it, though. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us through the spoiler section, and we will see you next week. Grr, arg. <laughs>